0: All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Another Whiskey Podcast. It's myself and Nicholas here. Well, I kind of say myself and Nicholas, it's really myself that did this next piece because sorry, Nicholas, you're stuck in New Jersey.
1: Yeah, I know, mate. But see, to be fair, that's why about 80% of our listeners will turn off in the next 10 seconds, because I am <laughs> no longer a part of this episode. <laughs> Just kidding. This is this actually was really jealous of this one, because it's I mean, you're right up at John O'Groats here for Eight Doors Distillery. Cracking little spot, beautiful, beautiful distillery, of the most northern distillery on mainland Scotland. Matt, it was, was so I cool like? to
0: go and see. And, you know, I've been to some new distilleries, but this may have been one of the newest. They've only been open for around about six months. Um, so, yeah, like you say, I was doing the NC500. They invited me up. I popped into to the amazing distillery they have up there, and this is what they had to say. When I started this this kind of idea of doing this trip, and by the way, if you haven't done it, I I highly recommend it. Uh, But before I did it, I I got this message from the guys at Eight Doors, in particular Ryan, who said, why don't I come up here and do an episode? So I thought, fantastic, I can incorporate that into this trip. And now I'm here. I'm in John O'Groats sitting in the Eight Doors Distillery, which is the most northerly distillery in the mainland of Scotland, uh, with the guys from Eight Doors. Ryan, Kerry and Dell. thank you very much for having me at the distillery and welcome to the show guys.
2: Yeah, thanks for uh, coming to visit us.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, let me start, if I can start with uh, Dell and Kerry here. Let's chat. If you guys can tee up, you guys are the owners here. How did this whole idea come around with regards to what you're doing?
3: So I blame Dell basically, for the whole thing. Okay. Um, Yeah, no, I'm only joking. Um, It was this idea, and it's something that we talked about for many years and thought, "What what a great idea, build a distillery. But to be honest, I really thought it was pie in the sky. I didn't think that that would become a reality. And probably some of the first conversations we had would be back as far as maybe 2012. Um, then life gets in the way, jobs, all sorts of things, and we didn't really think about it too much more. And then we started thinking about it again, probably around 2018, I think it was, mm-hmm. and we had a few more discussions. Then we actually went on holiday to the um, Isle of Harris. Mm-hmm. And when we were there, we were um, visited a couple of distilleries and came away totally inspired by the whole thing. Um, and we were on a wild, deserted beach um, and had the conversation and basically said, Let's do it. Let's give this a shot. And, and that's, what that, that's where it started from.
0: And, and before that, did you guys drink whiskey together? I take it you're
1: both big whiskey fans? Yeah, so, so I'd been a whiskey enthusiast for, for 10 years. And then we introduced, we got introduced to whiskey at a family barbecue. Mm-hmm. And the first whiskey we had was a grouse and ginger beer. And we, we both loved it. And, and ever since then, I, I started collecting bottles. We visited a few distilleries. And then Kerry yeah, was working for a corporate job for BT in London. So she was doing a lot of commuting at the time. We thought, oh, is it is, is something that we want to do for the rest of our lives? We like living up in this area. Um, we want to create employment in this area. There's, there's not much opportunities for young people. And we thought, well, we like whiskey. We like living up here. We like making things. Let's, let's combine the three things together. And, and this is where this is really the distillery was born from. Beautiful and and Del, what was it you were doing before this? So I'm an accountant to trade. Okay. So, so I'm the, the boring type one. You're the numbers guy. Numbers <laughs> guy. Yeah. yeah. Me, a numbers the, guy. Really boring. Um. So so, uh, Carrie's the uh, creative one. Um. So, but I like I quite like data. <laughs> okay. I quite like the numbers behind it. I, yeah. I like the the forecasting element of of the business. So I think it's a it's a long project for us. So. Um, that forward-looking forecasting is something I really enjoy, really geeky, but, um, but uh, yeah, really enjoy it.
0: And it's, it's stunning. So the only time I've ever been to John O'Groats, I've put my hands up here, is catching the ferry over to Orkney. So this is the first time kind of coming here properly. And I've literally driven into the town and the first thing I've seen is your distillery and just come straight in here. And it's stunning what you guys have done. I mean, you have a, a coffee shop, a, a, an amazing tasting room that we're sitting in right now. So talk me through the whole build process of this and how long it, it took you guys. It started in lockdown, is that right, when you kind of broke ground?
3: Yeah, that's right. So we um, had come up with the idea, we launched the brand and, and our project back in October 2020. But because of the COVID pandemic, we didn't really start breaking ground until the, the January in 2021. So we did the distillery build and commissioning for about eighteen months, twenty months, and um, until September twenty-two was when we actually managed to start distilling our first whisky.
0: So let's let's get on to distilling here. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna bring Ryan in here. So Ryan Sutherland is distillery manager here. You're a local boy as well, right, Ryan? You're the one. You're the reason I'm here right now. So thank you very much for for bringing me up. But let's chat about you. Um, Kind of same same as me, William Grant & Sons sort of background, right? And then it all yeah, came up here.
2: Yeah, although I left, I think a year after you. Yeah. So uh, no, it's, uh, I enjoyed my time at William Grant & Sons. You know, it's a good company to work for and I had a really good team there. I was in the project engineering team on the botting side. So it was one of these decisions where, you know, COVID, everyone's kind of reflecting on where they are in life. And I just thought, me and my partner had a conversation. It's like, do we want to be in the central belt? We're trying to get uh, kind of, more a firm place in the central bell at the moment We're between jobs and um, I was traveling to Bells Hill every day she was traveling to Dundee every day so I thought right we'll just we'll put uh, <laughs> you know the feelers out there and just see can we move home? So at the time I was made aware that new distiller in John Groats. got in touch with uh, initially Derek Um so we started speaking uh, over email just kind of asking where they were are they looking for someone to uh, run this project for them? So I uh, threw my hat in the ring. Nice. A couple of more emails later, a chat, which I think was meant to last an hour. Lasted about four hours, I think, if I remember right. And is that was that the first time you guys met
0: each other? Yeah, okay.
2: just, uh, at the time we just thought, right, we'll just meet each other face to face. Kind of difficult at the time with the pandemic, but we yeah, managed yeah. it. And uh, I think I sat on one side of the room, and you sat on the other, but we had a good chat. Uh, what we kind of, I wanted to bring to the table. I could, you know, bring the engineering background that I have, uh, but I also wanted to move into like a more management role. So becoming a story manager is a major technical box for me,
0: especially with my hobby. You know, yeah. I'm very passionate about this. So beautiful, man. Well, we've got a lot of geeks that listen to this podcast and all that, <laughs> so they're going to want some stats on what you what you guys have. Take us through the. The, the elevator pitch, if you yeah. like, of production at eight doors.
2: So micro distillery, um, may as well just call it a micro distillery. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are small, uh, 400 kilo mash. So you put that into perspective, we're some way smaller than other distilleries, but, you know, small but perfectly formed. Uh, we try and aim for a relatively high gravity. Um, we aim for about a 69, 70 g. That allows us to um, basically fill a hoghead every time we distill. So the key to the distillery is washbacks. We've got five washbacks at the moment. We're running four at the moment. So we're getting four hogsheads a week through our distillations. Um, wash still seventeen hundred liters. So washback seventeen hundred liters. Wash still seventeen hundred liters filling. On average, we try and get about seventy two percent out the stills at the end. So we have uh, a cut. First cut seventy four percent. We run that down to sixty four percent. Quite a long spirit distillation. Uh, we aim for a minimum of three hours typically it's three and a half mm-hmm. so really long we're just nice and slow lots of reflux we've got traditional stills we've got no fancy like boiling balls or anything in stills so we just run them nice and slow uh, there's no rush here um, and ideally <laughs> I hope when I go and nose my spirit I'm getting this really nice stone fruit character um, I was saying that today we had a Casper customer, and if I'm not getting stone fruit or white fruits like peach, apricot I'm, I'm in trouble
0: Okay. And you guys have poured me some of your, your new make here which I'm, I'm giving a nose yeah. to so. how, how did that look Like when you started off did you, was, was this a conversation that all three of you had like this is the kind of spirit that we want this is the, the sort of end goal I suppose yeah,
2: yeah. When, I, when I first we had the initial conversation of what I kind of thought we should be doing we all kind of agreed it's a fruity character you know, we are aiming for that we have a longer fermentation so it's 96 hours average um, we do two shorts and three longs so that just the two shorts are kind of quite similar to a wheat beer character kind of mm. spicy maybe a slight citrus edge to it um, longer ferments go a lot more sour kind of danky kind of fruit character which for me is good because the bacteria is doing something it's offering a lot more flavor so our long ferments kind of punch in this really strong strong fruit uh character i try and say plum initially a bit of mm. water you start getting these peaches and apricot coming through
0: yeah and then maturation-wise, let's, let's chat about that. Um, you guys took me into a warehouse, which I was like, you know, is this it? Where's the rest of it? <laughs> but then I forget that you guys have only just been... Is it a year yet? Uh, no, so we've just passed six months so, our first vel- So as we record this, it's six months' worth yeah. of production that yeah. you guys have at the moment. Um, Cask-wise, what are you guys using right now?
2: Yeah, so um, at the moment, we're doing everything from 50 litres up to 500 litres. So we've got 50-liter octaves, 130 litre casts, 250 litre hogsheads, and 500 litre uh, in terms of sherry, so 500 litre, butts. Um, everything from American all the way through to European oak, so American, Spanish, European. Uh, we've also got Spanish brandy, which is very interesting. I'm really enjoying that so far, where that's going. Um, and we've also got your classic first all bourbons.
0: So, um, so Kerry and Del, let's chat about this amazing tasting room you guys have got here. What are you offering for people when they come into the distillery?
3: For us, it was really important to have a, a nice nice space to relax. And we sort of call it a whiskey lounge because mm. when people come to John Grohl's quite often, they've traveled a long way. They might have had a big challenge, walking, cycling, or there might just be local people coming a wee run on a, on a weekend. So we've got a space that's inviting, cosy, relaxing. We've got a beautiful fire there. Quite often, which might be hard to believe, it's not amazing weather in John O'Groles. <laughs> it is today.
0: It <laughs> is today, actually. <laughs> okay, it's looking beautiful today.
3: But sometimes it rains and sometimes it's windy. So we've got a fire which is really inviting, and people love to sit and have a dram, have a cocktail, have a coffee, whatever they want, and, and just enjoy the space. We're really lucky to have the the spot that we do. It's got a beautiful view out to the the Pentland Firth. We've got a huge windows, so the the windows are basically like a, a movie screen for us. That it's always changing. The view's always different, um, and people seem to really enjoy that. We're we're used to it because we live locally and we love that view, but it's great seeing it through other people's eyes. It
0: is absolutely stunning sitting here. I could, I, I mean, if I was you guys, I wouldn't get any work done. I'd just be staring out <laughs> that window the whole time. Um, so let's chat about when you guys started up. I mean, you know, you mentioned it earlier with regards to community here. There's mm. obviously. It's a very sort of small population. We are so far north right now. Yeah. So let's chat about when you, when you guys started up the distillery. How did you look at that and, and what did you do to, to really encourage that?
1: Yeah, so, so one thing we're really proud of is the fact that 90% of the distillery built here was built by Caithness Tradesmen, which we're, we're really proud of and, and they've done a fantastic job. Um, and, and also the local support that we've had. We had, did our cask launch. We did our 250 casts that we sold within 40 hours. And I'd wow. say about 50% of them was local people. And and we've had a great reception locally. I could be in the local tech schools. I could be in the local chip shop. And people always ask me, how's the distillery going? I haven't made it out yet. Or I've come out to the distillery. Your coffee's your coffee's really nice. It's such a cool place to come and chill out. And that's what we wanted to create when, when we... It was a place for local people to come and, and enjoy a coffee and, and a whiskey as well. And
3: I think... I would add to that is that you know we love where we live and i think sometimes some of these remote parts of scotland get a bit of a hard wreck people Mm -hmm. just pass through them to go to orkney or they they whiz around the nc500 to get to the west coast but there's so much to do and see up here and if we can be a small part of keeping people here a bit longer or thinking about coming to this area and spending an extra night here there's a positive impact on other local businesses and you know we can showcase what we love about the place
0: Fantastic, I love that. And I, I saw quite a few people working here as well. How many? How many people do you employ at the distillery?
3: So we have now got seven people. So yeah, across the sort of front of house, where we've got our we call it our brand home, I guess. Yeah, small compared to some others, but you know we've got the, the shop, the sort of cafe element. We've just started doing tours as well, which is really exciting for us. We've just recruited a tour guide, so uh, that's brilliant. And then on the distilling side, we've got Ryan and, and Andy who supports him uh, as well. So. Uh, Yeah, it's a great bunch. We're really blessed to have a a real local team. um, And yeah, we just love
0: it. So let's go back to that. You just started tours. So, what does the tour look like when people come up here?
3: So, they get to come into the tasting room. So, they've got this beautiful view across the the Pentland Firth. um, we uh, tell them a little bit about our story, where we've come from, and, and a bit about our journey so far. We then get a wander around the distillery. As you've seen, it's all in one room. We're very That's compact. Right. Okay, I love But that. I always say well, it's a bit like being a, a, an air hostess. We have mashing here, fermentation <laughs> here, <laughs> and just uh, turn around. So uh, we see that, go into the warehouse, have a look at that, and then come back, enjoy the view again with a, a few drams, taste our new make, and our uh, recently launched liqueur product.
0: You guys have kindly poured me out all the drams that you currently do on the tour so let's chat about them we've done new make do you, do you pour the new make as well or is we do, that, yes, oh, that yeah cool okay yeah,
3: people are really interested in trying it and of it's course. really good to see from our perspective it's, it's great customer feedback getting that response and seeing what people enjoy and um, we've had a great response so far so that's been really encouraging for us
0: one of the things we haven't mentioned is your name let's let's talk about where the name come from
3: so yeah we're called eight doors distillery um, and that's all linked into the rooted in john groats and the history behind john groats which takes its name from a dutch man called jandy fruit and he had seven sons. So the legend goes that they were starting to argue about um, chieftainship, who's going to be head of the clan, or I think after the Father's Day. So uh, the father said, I'm not going to have this, all my sons are not going to fall out. I'm not sure what happened to the daughters. They don't seem to get a mention. But... Yeah. Or the mum. Or the mum, yeah, the mom. we don't know yeah. what happened yeah. to her either. <laughs> yeah. so... Unfortunately,
0: that always seems to be <laughs> yeah. the way in history, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, it
3: does, but yeah. um, now they... The solution to the argument between the Psalms was to build an eight-sided house with eight doors going into it, and then they all sat at eight sides around the table. So nobody was um, head of the table, and they're all equal. But we just love that ethos. Yes. Because mm-hmm. um, for us, whiskey's about getting around the table with friends and family. It's an occasion drink. It's creating memories. Um, and I think that's something. It's You're building a story, whether it's with one friend or lots of friends around so that's where the, the eight doors came
0: from. Very cool. And then you've related the whiskies that you're, you're letting everyone taste, which obviously you don't have anything legally right now. Mm-hmm. So I love this. You've done Seven Sons Whiskey, which is a blend of what you think everything's going to taste like after a certain amount of years. Can, can you talk us through, through
1: these ones? Yeah, so, so our, our Seven Sons range is a, a nod to what our whiskey could, t- could taste like. So they're all sherry-focused. Um, whiskey's an occasion drink, and... That's why we've got the kind of three ranges. So we've got the blend, we've got single malts, and then we've got our whiskey liqueur. And, and I can think of lots of times when I've had great occasions drinking all three drinks, and that's why we're keen to yeah, basically have these three products as part of our range. And so uh, they're all sherry-focused. So our Saving Sons blend is 6% grain, 40% single malts. All the single malts in there are first fill sherry casks. We're a sherry-focused business um, at the moment, so a little bit of bourbon mixed in there too. Mm-hmm. We've developed this with John Ramsey, and we, we think it's a, it's a flexible drink. We use it in all our cocktails in, in the whisky, in the lounge. And then we've got uh, a 10-year-old uh, from Altmore a Distillery, a first fellow sherry cast, Then we've got Glen Turret, uh, an 8-year-old peaked whiskey. And then we've got to finish off as our, our five-ways a uh, whiskey liqueur which we've developed in house. And that's a, that's Kerry's recipe.
0: Very cool, and all these are available online, I saw as well, and s- some of them are sold out though, is that right?
3: Yeah, that's right, so the the 10-year-old single malt has been really popular, okay. um, you know, full uh, sherry maturation, it's a complete sort of sherry bomb, that one, um, yeah. and um, it's, it's all gone, I'm afraid. We've got a little bit left for, for tasting, so if you want to sample it, you'll have to come and, and do a mm. tour with us, you can get a wee dram then.
0: I'll sample it like I'm just doing right now? Yeah. yeah. And these are all 46, 16, 46, 46 there, thereabouts, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So not cast strength, but unchill filtered, I'm assuming? That's yes. right. Yeah. Nice. Let's chat about your blended liqueur that you're doing. How, how did that come about?
3: It's just it's just another um, option. You we know, We're going to get a lot of people that, that come to John Groats and they might not like whiskey or they might think they don't like whiskey. So it's just a great chance um, for us to maybe introduce whiskey to a new audience and that's why we've got a range of cocktails available in the lounge as well. One of my favourite things is somebody coming in who says, no, no, whiskey's not for me, I can't drink it and we we encourage them to try a cocktail or or try the liqueur and then they go away with a bottle and they're like, oh wow, I love whiskey now, it's it's amazing. I think sometimes people maybe had an experience in the past where someone's put something under their nose that's, you know, not for them Uh, and then you can actually then start to talk about whiskey in a different way and, and tell people how to explore it and um, yeah it's great to see people go on that journey
0: I love this a load of ginger in this
3: Yeah, so the mm. liqueur we really enjoy that so it's more of an like, after dinner drink we're having a lot of fun trying to create a cocktail with that one as well so it's got orange ginger spice uh, and whiskey of course so it, you get a bit of heat from it it's sweet but it's not too claggy I guess as we would say <laughs> yeah. um, so it's not coating your tongue in too thick syrupy but it's it's got a sweetness and then the ginger comes through and the whiskey comes through so yeah it's a really nice after dinner drink that one
0: One of the things that always interests me, and this might be a question for you, Ryan, but with a new distillery coming up, you guys don't have any handcuffs, right? I mean, you would have had the handcuffs, not that that bad at William Grant and Sons, but still being a big company, you have to adhere to certain ways of working. When you're you're distilling here, is, is there certain things you've been experimenting with over the last six months, or are there any plans that you can talk about? So when we...
2: We're commissioning the plant. It was quite important for us to kind of get our yeast right, get our mashing right, you know, there's all these aspects you want to bring together to get the final product. So we're quite happy where we are right now. And it was mainly working with John Ramsey, you know, John's helped us a lot on this project and he's came in, his wood knowledge is fantastic and it was really good. You know, we were standing at the Spirit Safe and going through the cuts and making sure that we're really happy with what was coming through. So we actually started off with three yeast initially that we thought would be, good for essentially the 874 recipe, I like to call it. It feeds into all our casks, it feeds into all our inaugural bottles, and it'll feed into some of our own products too in the future too. But I would like to just uh, maybe look at something else in the future. So something that's really interesting that's happening in John O'Groats, we've got the old mill, which is only uh, half a mile down the road. Hmm. Um, they've just received a lot of funding, so four million pounds, and we'd love to use that in the future to basically create John O'Groats grain. So up here we've got a lot of oats, so an oat whiskey would be something that's really interesting for me. We've also had discussions on other yeasts that we may think might suit a different recipe or -hmm. profile we want to produce in the distillery. We're so small, we can do a lot of things here. Um, We've also got the equipment, so we've got the mash conversion vessel that allows us to boil up things if we need to, you know. There's a lot of flexibility. The geeky side of me is just firing on all cylinders because, yeah, I want to see what we can do
0: through our... You're like there. a kid that's got a new present that <laughs> hasn't actually seen what it can do properly yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Ryan's
3: got like a big wall chart with all my ideas on it. And uh, yeah, so it's just like one of those things with the little bits of string going from one to another all over the place. So, <laughs> so it's
0: all you, Kerry, that's what you're saying. Ryan's just the guy that pushes buttons
3: here. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Just to wrap up here, guys, I mean, this has it, been an absolute pleasure sitting here. Um, and I wish we had this on video because the view that I've got, the three of you are here, and I'm just looking over your, st- over your shoulders to your, your still house and then to my left, this stunning view here. Um, so if people want to visit you, tell us about how they can get in contact, social media, all that kind of good stuff.
3: Yeah, definitely. Just check out our website. It's just eightdoorsdistillery.com. We're on all uh, social platforms as well. Just uh, please get in touch. We'd love to see you up here and, and show you what we've got to offer at Eight Doors.
0: Beautiful. Well, guys, thank you again for having us. Thank you for being on the show.
3: Thanks so much Thanks. for coming up to see us. It's yeah. been amazing.
0: My pleasure. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers.